Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Unlimited. Today, we are kicking off a series all about money. Yay! (laughs) Who doesn't love to talk about money? I can't say that I have been one of those people who likes to talk about money. It's it's been a big work for me in my own life. And I, I share a little bit about that in this episode. But I think it's really important that we learn to engage money consciously and intentionally and take it out of the emotional space, the the subconscious story space, because our society is so full of subconscious stories around money. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, it is. And we've internalized a lot of that. And we have our own experiential stories that relate to the things that we've internalized around us. And there's just there's so much stuff. So this episode, I'm excited to introduce you to Ornella Iovo, who is a financial wellness enthusiast and a business coach with an extensive background in wealth management and corporate finance. She is a certified financial trainer at the Financial Gym and owns her own bookkeeping and business financial consulting company. She is extremely passionate about helping women and underserved communities navigate their finances, understand wealth creation, and grow their businesses. Some of the things that we talk about in this episode are how our emotions can influence our relationship to money and what it looks like to take the emotions out of the equation by acknowledging and normalizing some of the experiences that we have that often have a lot of shame held around them in our society and then that we've internalized, developing financial intelligence and financial fitness, taking a holistic life approach to money where you use money to honor goals and values and take it out of just the future-focused goal setting and into the present moment and how we want to live in the world and impact the world in the now, which if you've been listening to this podcast at all, you know, is kind of a thing for me. So (laughs) really important to set goals that reflect our present as well as the future we want to create. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you. And I want you to know, since since I recorded this interview with Ornella, I have personally done some looking at my own numbers and reflecting and really had it emphasized how important and how powerful it is to take a look at those numbers in terms of intentionally, strategically building a business. When I looked at the differences between 2019 and 2020, it highlighted to me that a lot of the money that I had been spending in my business was not what was contributing to my revenue in my business. Had I not looked at those numbers and avoided it because the emotional charge around 2020 and and how stressful things have been, I wouldn't know what that picture looked like. And I probably would have continued to spend money in the places that wasn't actually serving me. I I really downsized a lot in 2020, like many people did, and recognized that where I had previously spent money wasn't actually serving my business. And I didn't really miss those things. So 
now stepping into a place where I, I have a little bit more bandwidth, I'm ready to expand some of the things that I do, rather than putting money back in those places that weren't serving, I can now go, okay, what would I like to do? What what are my goals? What do I want to create? And how do I want to experience the work that I do? And where have I spent money previously that wasn't actually helpful? And where would I like to experiment spending money to expand in a way that is more supportive of both myself and my business? Had I not looked at those numbers, I wouldn't know these things. So it just really emphasized how important this conversation with Ornella is when we're looking at anything related to money. So I'm excited to kick things off with our interview. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Valerie Friedlander, Certified Life Business Alignment Coach, and this is Unlimited. This podcast bridges the individual and the societal, scientific and spiritual, positive and negative, nerdy and no, there's just a lot of nerdy. (laughs) Come on board and let's unlock a life that's as badass as you are. Welcome, Ornella, to the Unlimited Podcast. I'm so excited to have you join me today. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to be on. Yay. I would love for you to share with the audience a little bit about you in your own words. Yeah. Um, my name is Ornella. I am, I like to think of myself as all things financial empowerment, wealth, wellness, and wealth creation. I am a certified financial trainer at the Financial Gym which is really a gym where we take a fitness-inspired approach to your money um, and talking about finances. So I operate as a trainer, same way you'd have a personal trainer for your body. I am a personal trainer for your money. And I also own my own business consulting company where I help entrepreneurs really navigate the financial aspects of their business. So I offer bookkeeping services, financial coaching, Uh, helping them navigate their profit and loss statements and helping them really pave the way towards profitability and understanding the financials of their business so that they can make wise decisions for the long term. I love that. That's so key because money is the thing that we care about in this society. So um, much actually. Well, yeah, that I mean, maybe we might get into that a little bit, but we'll see. I'm always like, you know, we we made up this system, right? You know that, right? <laughs> okay. I love that approach of the idea of being a trainer for your money and recognizing that there's like there's a wellness component to the way we engage our finances. Mm-hmm. Would you tell me like just a little bit more about like what does wellness look like when it comes to finances? Yeah. So When you think of like traditional financial advice or traditional financial services companies, you think of like stuffy old white dude telling you to put all your money into your 401k and um, in like 20 years, you'll end up being a millionaire, right? Like that's what I think. And that was the environment that I grew up in, in terms of like my wealth management background. But I think these days we're really moving towards a more holistic financial approach and understanding how money intersects in different stages of our lives. Um, It's not just a silo kind of thing where you just put 
you know, money aside. And then one day you make, wake up a millionaire and all your problems are solved. It's really understanding where money intersects with all the things that are happening. So, um, you know, if you're planning to have, to build a family, that's a money thing. If you're trying to grow your business, that's a money thing. If you're just thinking about how can you live your best life? And if that involves traveling or that involves, you know, anything else, it, it involves some kind of money. And so that whole wellness thing is really understanding where money plays its role in each parts of those things that you want to do in your life and how you can actively manage it in a strategic way and use it as a tool to help you achieve all the goals and things that you'd like to achieve rather than letting it dictate your life. I so appreciate that. That's That really speaks to one of the, the things that I do with my clients, we'll talk about goals, but so often their goals are like when this happens then. And I feel like that's, that's very much like how I've experienced money guidance from in that same space of like the, the stuffy old white guy telling you to do the things it's been put money aside all the time. And for this thing that retirement for that time when you've made it. And that's been like with clients, it's like these goals out here, how will you feel when you have them? And we need to bring that into the now, how, what, what will create that experience now? Because it makes it so much easier to move towards your goals when you're not exhausting yourself in the process. So that it sounds very much aligned with that idea of, well, I mean, it's the same word wellness. Yeah. I'm curious going with the the fitness analogy and the the training, what what kind of like weightlifting or aerobics or like what what are those within your financial wellness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you sign up Um, with the gym and when you decide to become a client, the same way that a um, personal trainer for your body would weigh you, right? And understand like how your body set up, how much you weigh and all those things and like how you, how much you can handle. We do the exact same thing. We call it a financially naked session where I get all of your numbers. So I want to know how much you make. um, If you have any debt, you know, I want you to break all that down to me. So whether it's credit cards, student loans, whatever it is, I need to know. Um, I also want to know all your assets. So how much do you have in the bank? Do you have checking accounts, saving accounts? Do you have a long lost 401k from an employer you were at 10 years ago, right? Like I want to know all of these things so that I can use that to devise a financial plan for you. Um, and when you think of the aerobics or the weightlifting that your personal trainer would do for your body. For us, um, they're really financial exercises in the sense of, all right, let's get your savings muscles going. You need to save X percent each month in order to reach the goals that you have, or you need to put this much towards your credit card debt each month in order to pay that off within the time frame that you, you know, decided that you want to pay that off. So it's really flexing those muscles and building habits, sustainable habits, so that, you know, you don't get in this frenzy of, oh yeah, I'm trying to save, I'm trying to save, and you completely neglect other aspects of your life or you completely cut off all your spending or your enjoyable spending. Because what I've also learned is 
Same thing with a diet. When you go cold turkey, it just doesn't work. So we try and find a balanced enough approach to um, being able to save while still being able to spend in a way that's sustainable and, you know, realistic for your long-term goals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's such a, a key thing psychologically too, because the more stressed we are, the more likely we're going to drop things that add stress, which if we're cutting out all of your enjoyables or like all of the things only planning for something that hasn't happened yet, like that, the part of your brain that goes with the delayed gratification, it doesn't work as well. So we tend to go with the part of the brain that gives you gratification sooner. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. I would love to know a little bit about how, how did you get into this? Yeah. So for me, I feel like I was always one of those nerds that like knew I wanted to be in finance since the eighth grade. And I I knew I wanted to be in money. So when I graduated um, with a degree in finance, I started off in wealth management. Oh, no, I actually started off in corporate accounting. And then I realized I didn't really care about the corporate accounting. I wanted to help individuals and people who look like me. And specifically for me, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. So being a Black woman and seeing all the other people around me who money has always been a barrier for them, right? Like just the managing of it, the access to it, um, all things around money has always been a barrier. And it's been a tough conversation for a lot of people to have. And I just wanted to make sure that I was making those conversations easier for people to have, and especially people who look like me, because I know from my background, my parents didn't talk about money. So a lot of times I wish they would have spoken about money because that would have one better prepared me, but it would have also helped them get through and navigate a lot of the problems that they have. So I just didn't, I wanted to do my part to help not perpetuate that within my community and help other people not perpetuate it for their families and their, you know, loved ones moving forward. You know, as you, you say that one of the things that I've, I've looked at a lot is around the shame around money. And you said earlier about like getting the, the assessment of, you know, you're getting naked. (laughs) I'm like, that's probably a lot of emotional naked, like it's a lot of vulnerability when it comes to money, because just society shames not having money. And it is such a problem in so many ways. I mean, I know I've experienced some of that too with uh, my parents. My home was impacted by the family disease of alcoholism. And um, one of the core things within that is fear of financial insecurity. And so a lot of unhealthy habits come up with that around money. And so that, you know, money stories are things that have been a big work for me, but I've, I've become more and more aware of the fine, like the, the social components of those stories, not just the individual components of those stories. And that's the thing. So many people think like, it's just them. Like sometimes we're we're wired to believe that like we operate in a silo for these things. And every single one of my clients will ask me like, am I the worst story you've heard? And I'm like, no, (laughs) you're not. There's like, these things are affecting majority of Americans. So you're not individually at fault for having credit card debt 
or you're not individually at fault because your parents didn't teach you how to save or anything like that, because they probably also were not taught how to save and your parents along with 50 other people's parents, right? So once we collectively take off that weight of like it being individual responsibility, then we can feel more open to have it, having that conversation. Cause it's kind of like when you fail a class in, um, or you fail a test in elementary school, right? Like when you found out your friends failed with you, you don't feel as bad about it because you want to talk to them and you're like, Oh, what did you do wrong? So I think that that's how we should look at that conversation about money everyone is going through the same thing. So it's okay to talk about it. And if you share your ideas and your opinions with other people, they might be able to support you and give you ideas that you might not have known about prior to having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful in that. I think one of the biggest things that comes up in, in my work in coaching and life coaching is just normalizing. It's like, you're not alone. One of the the most important things for me in in my own self-awareness journey was when I I went to a meeting where they gave me a whole list of characteristics of adult children of alcoholics. And I read that list and I was like, wait a second, you mean enough people do this? They wrote it down? (laughs) You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So with that, I'm kind of curious, like, are there particular things habits that you see that you would love to, to, for people to know that like, these are, these are normal and you can do something about them. Cause that's one of the, like, I always want to make sure that we, we normalize and it's like the, yes, you're nothing's wrong with you. This yeah. is something that I see. And you you know, like in, rather than it being an excuse, it's a stepping stone. Yeah. I think the one of the biggest things that I had to learn within this past year was not necessarily normalizing credit card debt, but accepting that it's a thing that most people are going to face at one point um, or another in their lifetime. Um, in my case specifically, I opened a restaurant in January of 2020 and just like most people were and most entrepreneurs, you're probably going to have to use credit cards to finance the starting of your business and growing it and keeping things, you know, afloat until, you know, you start to see the revenue that you really want to see. And in my case, I had to rack up a lot of credit card debt. Then COVID-19 happened and then I had to close the, the business. So I was saddled with a boatload of credit card debt and personal loans and that kind of stuff. And for a while, I thought there was something like inherently wrong with the thought process that, you know, like what I did in order to get myself there. And then I had to realize like, it's not my fault. It was a pandemic. And yeah, definitely not your fault. <laughs> I didn't cause a pandemic. So it is what it is. Um, and people get into credit card debt for different reasons, right? Some people, let's say you're not working for a year because you had a medical problem, you put that on a credit card, that's normal. Or if you have to support a family member that's going through it, credit card debt is just the easiest debt to get, which I think is a bigger problem we need to address in America. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very easy debt to get and be, you know, a part of. So when people shame people for having credit card debt, it's like, 
you know, it happened, but what are you doing now to really get around it? And for me, what I had to sit down and do is really game plan and say, all right, how much money do you need to make extra in order to pay off the credit card debt? And what does strategically paying that off look like? Um, And that's what I did. And I had to side hustle. So I ended up, that's why I actually opened the business consulting company that I have now. Um, It started off as I need to pay off my debt and I need to figure out a way to leverage my skills in order to get people to pay me so that I can pay off the debt that I have. And thankfully, you know, my skills have allowed me to get to the point where even now you see me and we're having this conversation on your podcast and I've really, really grown it to a point where people trust me and I've been growing my clientele. But for me, it started off as a means to being able to fix the major problem, which was I didn't incurred all this debt from a failed business venture. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's a lot of the people that I work with are people who are wanting to address something bigger, you know, and maybe it's a, a something big personally, but it's also a desire to to make a change in the world and in the system and the way that things work because they see it as like I, I've experienced harm from this and it needs to change because I don't want that for other people and taking the skills that you have and going, okay, how can I take these gifts and this knowledge and these skills and do something with them that will make an impact? And what you were saying about strategically engaging the money is one that I see a lot of struggle around with the emotional component. We're talking about shame. Most of the time when we feel shame around something, we avoid it because nobody likes to feel shame. So it's like, I'm just going to pretend it's not there. And that's something that I've had to overcome a lot. And I still struggle with of my husband would get on me of, have you paid the credit card yet? We have the money. It's not that we didn't have the money. It was just, I didn't want to go in there and look at it because it would bring up this, not even conscious level of, of shame, but just this like, no, I don't want to do that. That's mm. And so you're right. You're talking about like building that muscle and like kind of retraining yourself that no, it's, it's okay. Nothing, nothing's going to hurt you in here. It's just numbers. Yeah. And you need to know them so that you can do something with them. Yeah. And I see people ignore it. The worst thing you can do is ignore it. Yeah. Because it just hurts you down the road. Like if you ignore the credit cards, it's good. You're going to miss payments. Miss payments are going to turn into collection items, which are going to turn into derogatory marks on your credit report, which is going to drop your score. And then, you know, I've seen this happen for so many people, like they got into the credit card debt when they were like in college, they ignored it. Now they're 35, they want to buy a house or they want to do something that involves their credit, but their credit score is like a 600. So they can't do the things they want to do. It just messes up your future you. So the best thing you can do is just face it head on and call your creditors, have conversations like they will work out a plan with you. That's always better than, you know, ignoring it because it it doesn't go away. It's always going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. That actually, so one of the other things that like highlighted when I was, when I was stalking you, (laughs) following you on social um, was 
the idea of avoiding it by by spending it, mm-hmm. not just avoiding it like you don't have it, but also in in my industry in the in the coaching space, there's a lot of stuff around this idea that well, just think positive <laughs> and you will you will just manifest money and it's just going to come to you and and I did an episode a little bit ago about toxic positivity and it's really just that like using positivity to avoid actually dealing with the things that need to be addressed and the whole idea of like well if you just you need to spend money to make money and i think there's a little bit of that within what you were saying about building a business and yeah you you do have to spend money to create the the basis for a business a lot of times yeah. and i would love for you to share a little bit about your philosophy around that idea of spending money to make money and this idea that like you can just think your way like if you just think positive and you spend this money it'll just come back no yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and sometimes people will get on me about this when I try to be very realistic with my clients about like how money works right because I do think you can spend money to make money and the way that you do that is by investing right whether it's in the stock market or it's actively investing in the business so if you need to hire a social media person to boost your audience or you need to hire a personal assistant to make you more efficient or you need to do those kinds of strategic investments that you can track to prove that they are going to ultimately lead to a return on that investment. That is a great, you know, thing to do in terms of spending money to make money where I think people get a little lenient and ridiculous (laughs) about the spending money to make money is when they are buying things that they know will eventually be detrimental to their financial situation, but they're masking it as a business expense or they're masking it as a investment in themselves when deep down inside, like, you know, what is a good expense for you and you know, what is a bad expense for you. I think we've all gotten to the point where we should understand (laughs) these things. And, um, you know, sometimes I have to tell my clients like, Hey, you actually didn't need to spend that money at all. Or if you're saying that you needed this as an investment in your business, how could we have done that differently? Like, did you need to spend $10,000 on a social media manager or could you have, you know, gotten a little bit more strategic about putting the posts up yourself Um, or doing, you know, certain things that can save you money in the long run, but still lead to a positive investment and a positive return on investment for your business. Mm. Yeah. What the, the words that jumped out to me were strategic a lot and the idea of tracking that you can actually notice whether a difference is being made and go, okay, I'm spending this money here. But to do that, you need to have, you need to know what you want. Exactly. Exactly. Like you, let's say, for example, you want to make an investment. And this is really a part of the work that I do with my business clients to understand what these investments look like and what that return is going to be. So for example, I have a client that really does want to invest in like a personal assistant slash social media manager. And I'm like, okay, we can end up paying for it. But what I did is I sat her down, I went through her entire profit and loss statement. And I said, all right, if you 
invest in this person, you're going to spend an extra $300 a month. You'd still be profitable, but you're going to spend this extra $300 a month. Can you guarantee that this person can bring you an extra $300 a month via the fact that they're posting, um, they're making you more efficient so you can go out and get more business. They're doing other things that really support you and will allow you to continue to grow your business. Because if you're just spending $300 a month, but you can't track that this person actually brought you any, you know, revenue or positivity or um, productivity increase, then you're just wasting $300 a month. And at that point, you can just pay me the extra $300 a month and I can waste your money with you (laughs) you know like it it really has to be people really need to sit down and look at their numbers like that and that's what large companies are doing right they make decisions on such a granular level around like should we invest in this brand or should we invest in this other brand and it's really based on do we think this brand is going to be a return on our investment yeah yeah well and and I I love the idea of you know, what, what are your goals? And, you know, it might be like you said about, I want, I want an assistant. I want somebody to help me. And that's because, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not even the money thing. Maybe it's a quality of life thing, or it's a values thing. Like I want, I want to do something that honors my values. I want to do something that is supports me not being burnt out yeah. And so how can I do that in a way that is going to be intentional, right? And be intentional, be conscious and make sure that I'm I'm doing that in a way that's not just going to add more stress to my life because I'm adding financial stress to my life. Exactly. And I love that word. It is being intentional. For me, every dollar that I spend, I think I'm pretty intentional about one, because I had to like go from survival mode of like paying off the credit card debt. So that's always like a, unfortunately, is one of those like pressures that I've learned to kind of just deal with. But it's just being intentional allows you to really be who you are down the road because you're being, you know, like I keep saying strategic about it and really, really allowing yourself to put your money where it's of best use. Yeah. I love that. And, and that you can only really be intentional if you know what, what your goals are, like do that assessment, know where you, where are you right now? What do you want to accomplish? And what do you want your experience of life to be? Not what you don't want, because then we're avoiding again, but what do you want? And then be strategic and actually like be able to track and do that experiment of like, I'm investing in this. Mm-hmm. what does that look like and how long till I know? Cause some things can't be guaranteed. And, and so like, how do you do that with a client where it's like, okay, I want to spend this. I don't know for sure. Like how do you create a container for that? Yeah. So in, on the business side, the segue that I have for it is I do their bookkeeping. So I know their numbers, like the back of my hand, I can actively speak to it. So if I see that, you're spending, you know, hundreds of dollars a month on something that might be unnecessary, we can have a conversation around it, like, right away, because I'll tell you like, hey, we spent a lot of money last month on this, what's that for? And if you can justify it for me, then I'm like, okay, cool. Now we just need to figure out how you make more money so that you can keep this going. But if you can't, then it's a conversation around, 
how do we start to shift the funds towards something that makes a little bit more sense? Um, And how do we keep guardrails around it so that it's not the thing that's going to be detrimental to your overall financial picture? And the same for my um, FinGym clients that I do personal, um, you know, track personal money management for, we give them a weekly spend challenge And that weekly spend challenge is really for variable money. So any like food, groceries, um, entertainment, all of that, I give you a weekly budget that you can spend. So if that's $200, I don't care if you eat the $200 away or if you party the $200 away or if you shop the $200 away, it's just you have $200 and you can do whatever you want with it. So it at least allows me to put up like selective guardrails because I don't tell them where to spend their money and I don't tell them where to value their money, but they know that they just have this certain number to spend on that. Yeah. That it sounds like boundaries to me. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I uh, look at. Like when we say, okay, what are what are your values? What's important to you? What are your goals? And like, let's create some, some boundaries to support that and know that way it gives you the red flag of like oh this might be a, a thing and like how do we you know create that container so most of us want to be responsible and I love how how the way you work is very much around helping take the emotional charge out of money and be logical with it when you have that that drive and what you want that was the image that I was coming to is like it's like here's this toolbox and if you have you might have the tools and but you can't just go okay you know i have a nail and i have a screwdriver and i'm going to imagine that it put a a picture on the wall <laughs> like you actually have to know how to use the tools to be able to hang the picture on the wall and know that hey the screwdriver isn't the isn't the thing that's going to help you actually need a hammer for that one so like being able to say, okay, here's your toolbox. Here's what you have access to. Here's where you could get new tools. Like there's this, this uh, hardware store over here where we can get you some new tools. So I think about things like, I know you've been talking about the PPP loans and things like that. What are some resources that you help women and your, your clients? I just made that assumption around women because you know, that's my clients are women. So <laughs> um, but uh what what are some of those tools that you help them obtain? Yeah. So um unfortunately, I mean, I guess unfortunately, but we are in a pandemic. So there's a lot of money that's floating around as a function of the pandemic. And one of the tools that I've really, really been working to get my clients is like to find them some money, right? Because we all need the money to keep our businesses alive and continue to make those strategic investments. So um, one program that's available and actually just got extended is the PPP um, Paycheck Protection Program. And it's really designed to help people um, make payrolls, um, small businesses make payroll. But the one thing that a lot of people don't know and a lot of like our freelance clients or our sole proprietor clients don't know is that they too can qualify because you are effectively your own employee. So you are your own payroll and you can qualify by using either your 2019 or your 2020 gross revenues. So, you know, it's always an eye opener for a lot of my clients when I have that conversation with them because they're like, 
I didn't know that. So I've been able to get people as much as um, $21,000 just by being a self-employed individual. So, you know, that's great money that will help you do something, uh, whatever that is. And then I have a conversation around what you want to do with it. Because, you know, I just give you $20,000 and then you go to Vegas, then that's kind of, you know, counterintuitive to what I'm trying to do. So we also have a conversation around what you're trying to spend the money on. But um, PPP is a great program. It's available if anyone wants to get in touch with me about it. I'm happy to answer questions. There are also so many um, state-specific programs as well. New York has an amazing program. It's called the New York Forward Program. That It's a loan, unfortunately. PPP is a loan, but it's forgivable if you do use it for payroll. So it's really kind of like free money. Um, but New York has a loan program if you need it. And many other states have loan programs if you need it as well. So, um, you know, I'm always happy to have a conversation and really understand the funding need so that I can find the appropriate program and resources that are going to be most beneficial for my clients. Awesome. Well, we will have a link in the show notes for how people can get in touch with you and uh, reach out for questions or anything like that services. I, I like to wrap up a call and interview with two questions. The first is, what does being unlimited mean to you? Being unlimited to me means just having the ability to do what I want and not being constrained financially because I've done all the things to properly set myself up. So for me, travel is my unlimited thing that makes me feel, um, you know, at one with myself. So I have a travel fund and I put money into it so that at no point in time can I say, oh, I'm not able to go where I want to go because I don't have money because I've been very intentional about funding this part of my life that I really enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And secondly, what song do you listen to when you want to feel unlimited? It's probably anything Beyonce. That's my girl. <laughs> that is totally like I can't even pick one. There's so many. I have like a Beyonce playlist that I play like every morning when I'm getting you know in the zone. But yeah, awesome. That's a thing. I don't know what song I would pick, but it's a Beyonce song for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you, Ornella, so much for being on here. I have so enjoyed this conversation, and I really appreciate you being here. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. I so appreciate you being here. If you got something out of today's episode, please share it. Leave me a review, take a screenshot and post it on social with a shout out to me. Send it to a friend or, you know, all of the above. Want to hang out more? Join me on Instagram. Or better yet, get on my mailing list to make sure you don't miss out on anything. And remember, your possibilities are as unlimited as you are. Allow yourself to shine, my friend. The world needs your light. See you next time.